yeah, your week just got better with Becky and Sammy. Good morning and welcome back to Better with Becky and Sammy, where things are just a little bit better with Becky and Sammy. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sammy Reese. I'm a PhD candidate at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, where my research mainly focuses around genetics, and I don't like salty and sweet foods. Hey guys, I'm Becky. I'm studying dietetics at the University of Georgia, and I've been really enjoying summer, and I got a 95 on my biochem test. Woohoo! So, we out here doing big things. <laughs> well, that's awesome, Becca, and I'm so happy that you are studying and trying to reach your goals of being a dietetics uh, major. So, would you be a registered dietitian, or what will your full uh, title be? Okay, so... Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, There's a lot of people on social media, especially like Instagram, they're claiming that they're a nutritionist, but they are not registered. So I'm in school, so I can take a registry test to become a registered dietitian, so I can give out just advice and some information on people's diets and stuff. But right now, I can just give out things that help me or what benefits me, And but I'm super excited to take the registry test and become and do my dream job. Well, that is awesome, and I hope you get to always do your dream job. And a small disclaimer before we start our podcast today. So this podcast is mainly for entertainment and education purposes only. If you do have a question about your personal health, do go ahead and contact a registered or or certified professional. (laughs) All right. And before we get into our podcast, what is food media and how it influences us, Let's go ahead and ask the question of the week. So this question is from um, Rebecca's really, really good friend at Mm -hmm. BallerCarol98. And she just asked, how do you personalize your macros? So Rebecca, how do you personalize your macros? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and apologize. This might take a little bit longer than the usual questions of the week, but I want to give you guys more than one scenario. Okay, so for me, I don't personally track my macros right now because I do intuitive eating um, with an emphasis on gentle nutrition and just watching my pasta, bread, cereal, chip carbs right now. But I've done multiple things where I wanted to lose weight, I wanted to maintain, and I wanted to gain some muscle. So for me, what if I wanted to lose weight in general, what I would do is I would go ahead and track my meals for three days using my fitness pals or life sum. And that's just going to give me the general idea of my maintenance calories. And so I bet you've heard all over social media and online. So to have a calorie deficit, I personally will think a calorie deficit of 500 calories in order to lose weight in the healthy way. So that's about what, like a, a pound a week? Okay. Anyway, yeah. So what I would do is, and you think, oh my gosh, I need to lose weight that I need to eat chicken, broccoli, and rice for the rest of my life and meal prep. But that honestly does not sound fun or sustainable. I'm all about fun. I'm all about sustainability. I'm all about my taste buds. So what I like to do is I like to really analyze my meals and see where I can, you know, pick off some calories. So for breakfast, instead of having like five egg waffles or a couple of pancakes, instead I'll have two eggs, two slices of bacon, a little bit of avocado. And you're like, Rebecca, that might be more calories than my pancakes. But the thing is, fat calories from your bacon, from the cholesterol, also from the eggs, and also from the avocado is 9 grams. 
per it's nine calories per gram but it's going to keep you fuller for longer and you're more satiated and so for lunch let's say you have a hamburger with two slices of bun if you look at it you can take off one of the buns and replace it with like a tomato on top and each half of a bun is what 120 calories so right there you have 120 calories so for like dinner instead of having pasta you can go ahead and have some spaghetti squash with like meat and like cheese and right there you're at a 500 calorie deficit and it's crazy because you ate, you don't feel like you're on a diet, and that right there is your 500 calorie deficit. All about the calories in versus the calories out. If you want to maintain, just go ahead and do what you want to do, like track your calories for like three days. If you want to incorporate more vegetables, that can help you out like more fruits and vegetables if you want to maintain. But if you want to put on some muscle, I give the same advice. Go ahead and just track your macros for three days and incorporate more carbs and protein, um, especially carbs right after your workouts. Carbs can help replenish your glycogen storage, make you feel better. Incorporate more like lean meats like chicken or you can do fatty meats like fish. Fish has really good fats, omega-3s, omega-6s. And that's how you honestly personalize your macros. It's not that hard. It's actually really fun. And it gets you really excited about your journey. Well, that's actually a really good question, Rebecca. And it got me thinking as you were explaining mm -hmm. the answer and stuff. Yeah. So what basically what you're saying is whatever your goals are, mm -hmm. you can kind of swap out your macros. If you yes. want to have a calorie deficit because you're uh -huh. in more or less a weight loss as a goal, yeah. a slow over time weight loss. Switch mm -hmm. out some of your uh, macros for more satiating macros. Yeah. So you're not going to be mm -hmm. hungry even after you just ate. And exactly. if you want to build more muscle, obviously protein is really important with that as yeah. well. But you do yeah. also recommend the carbs to go with it. I do, like I do, I do. Like like carbs, like how we talked about last week, like mm -hmm. um, sweet potatoes or some like brown rice or just like, you know, like some squashes. Those are very good carbs that aren't going to boost your um, hypoglycemic index, which is your okay. sugar, which okay. sugar turns into glucose, glycolysis. But if you aren't really, you know, exercising or using the whole storage of sugar, um, then it stores as in your fat cells. So uh -huh. I would recommend, yeah, so I recommend like carbs from like fruits and like vegetables and some like rice. Simple. Well, that is a very good answer, Rebecca. And thank you so much for asking your questions. Go ahead and, and ask our questions on any of our social media platforms, which Rebecca will list down below, or Rebecca's YouTube videos, so Becca, Becky, you're fit for YouTube channel. All right, with the question of the week out of the way, I would love to start talking about food. I am very excited about this podcast, um, yes. and it's mainly inspired by listening to uh, the podcast a hot dog is a sandwich, and it talks about food media. And we'll talk about that a little bit more about other mm -hmm. ways to view food media. But a fast and loose definition of what food media is, is it's any platform that displays food as its main source of entertainment. So I like to think about Instagram and its picture-perfect foods, the Food Network with the competition-style challenges, Hulu with a really good series you should watch. It's actually called Taste the Nation with Padma Lakshmi. And she talks a lot about the culture of food and the people of the food and definitely all of the YouTube videos about how to prepare the foods. So, Rebecca, I'd love to talk to you about this. Mm -hmm. So I know we asked this before, but uh, what is your personal uh, favorite food media platform? How about that? 
I really like Food Network. I'm a six-year-old woman. (laughs) (laughs) um, I just think that I like Food Network because it's such a whole production. Everything's so cool. It's like seeing other people's kitchens, and there's just actually one show on there. Um, She used to work for Wolfgang Puck. I don't know the top of my head, but she's in Italy. Wow. And it was so cool to see her, like – cook in Italy, see Italy. It was just really fun. It was fun. I like fun. Food and fun. Yeah, food is fun. Definitely should be fun. I will definitely say that, I don't know if I have a favorite platform, but the platform Mm. I think I consume the most is probably food on YouTube channels. Mm. And we will get to this. And there is a definitely wide spectrum of the type of food media on YouTube. But let's go ahead and kind of start off with the most basic version of food media, at least what I think is the most basic. And it is the culture of Instagram and food media. So Mm -hmm. I'm talking about having picture-perfect food. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about how maybe Instagram has changed our eating habits. Mm -hmm. And I'm also talking about how maybe sometimes when you look at Instagram, it's more how pretty something is and not necessarily how it tastes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the, the picture perfect foods first. Yeah. So I see a lot of like, okay, the picture perfect. You're already getting judged on Instagram. You know, it's right. just, it, it's just something. Yeah. So I'm not going to post a picture of like, I feel guilty when I post a picture of pizza and brownies and stuff on my fitness page. I, I'm going to say it. I do, which I shouldn't feel guilty because I love to eat that. You know, that's part of my, you know, weekly meals. But I don't want to get judged by putting that up there. So maybe I'll put half the proportion size or, you know, that's how I feel. And also, have you seen those things where it's like 300 calories versus 500 calories and like 300 calories are full like diet snacks? Yeah, right. Exactly. And then the 500 calorie, it's like a square pizza. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's interesting that you bring that up because Mm -hmm. I think that kind of goes along with the the picture is more important than the actual taste or yeah. the Instagram. It's kind of like a, a story of lies, more or less. Yeah. Like a mm-hmm. picture says a thousand lies on Instagram Random. because like, yeah, exactly. So someone might use a filter to snatch their waist. They may mm-hmm. post like, oh, this is what I eat in a day. And it's mm-hmm. like an apple and a peanut where yeah. actually in real life, they've eaten a lot more. Yep. So I think mm-hmm. Instagram and the uh, topic of food media is I think actually it's kind of not the truest way yeah Um, and I also think the best thing about food is how it tastes and how it Mm -hmm. makes you personally feel Mm -hmm. and you don't really get that when it comes to Instagram Mm -mm. you don't and something you know exactly and so that kind of relays a little bit into like how Instagram I think has changed our eating habits Mm -hmm. because if you scroll through especially like the the search page on Instagram You uh-huh. see so much diet culture there. Yep. And so that can oh. influence you to not mm-hmm. eat as healthy, even though if you're thinking you're eating healthy. Oh, also, yeah. Rebecca, before Instagram, did you ever take a picture of your food before you ate it? No. Like, yeah, that would be too weird, right? Who am I? Am I going to email it to someone? <laughs> email it to me. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I haven't. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so one of the things that I think really sparks off our newest generation of food media is Mm -hmm. Instagram, probably just because taking pictures of the food, documenting the food that you give out to all the different people, I think that's kind of what influenced and what kicked off, I mean, all the influence on Instagram, the food media that we have now, the food culture. 
Mm-hmm. All right, Becca. So now we're going to talk about your favorite platform <laughs> of food media. Yeah. And that is the broad, the more money spent food network. Uh-huh. So um, the food network is really fun. I didn't actually start watching it until maybe like a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like food network. I, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's, I think it's cool. It's like, you can make a whole production. It's like watching a movie all about food. Seriously. And not only that, like, I personally like the food challenges, mm-hmm. like, uh, with Chopped. Yeah. Uh, and the thing with Chopped is it's so funny because I just think that, like, you get this chef and they're mm-hmm. a well-known chef and they yeah. probably have a, a, their own business. And they're like, okay, so we're going to blindfold you. We're going <laughs> to give you a machete and we're going to uh, give you octopus. And then this person's also allergic to gluten. And then you got to do this in four seconds, make a vinaigrette. <laughs> Yeah, um, we actually did that in one of my um, dietetics classes. We okay. kind of did like a chopped sauce market basket thing where they gave us like specific ingredients and we had to choose something. We had to make it out. Um, my kind of like food more, more is more like the nailed it show. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, but <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was it was definitely really fun. But I think I, I like Food Network. Because they also have a variety of styles. So there's also, like, if you want to eat a little bit healthier um, Mm -hmm. or more nutritious, as we like to say. Or if you want to cook, like, Italian or, like, barbecue. It's all over the place. It's not really just, like, one view of food. Oh, that's really good. That's awesome. And I think because it has well-cultured, that Mm -hmm. is a good segue for our next section. So the next section I want to talk about is... Uh, you mentioned the show Nailed It. Is that's yeah. that's on Netflix, right? Yeah, but wasn't yeah. it like on a um? Oh, it was Netflix produced. I think so. So oh. it, it's it's the one where they show you a pin. It's like the Pinterest yeah. challenge, and then like, oh, it's great. And at the end, it's like, oh, oh. it's a fail, right? Yeah, I guess it's that's on Netflix. Hey, I mean, I love watching a lot of food channels, so Me that's what too. I do in my um spare time. It just goes <laughs> to show you how much food media we actually consume, and lack of better words, consume throughout our yeah. payment lives. Um, so you mentioned Netflix nailed it, which is actually mm-hmm. so funny. But yeah. the one that I want to talk about, and you actually watched this too, Rebecca, is the Hulu the original. It's called mm-hmm. Taste the Nation. And mm-hmm. the host is Padma Lachmi, who is absolutely gorgeous in every oh, yeah. of, of her being. <laughs> and the reason I want to focus on this for our Netflix Hulu section, the streaming portion, I guess, of our platforms, mm-hmm. is what's really special about this show is she really tries to clue in on food is culture and culture is people. So we're mm-hmm. all linked together, and that's how we bond. And mm-hmm. we were watching the burrito episode, yeah. and so it was in a town. I believe it's El Paso, or like the it means path in Spanish. Yeah, and, and it's right there by the border, right? Correct. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of of Mexicans crossing into work into the United mm-hmm. States and then going back home um, in Mexico. And a lot of it's really hard because there's it's such a political topic that's yeah. sometimes hard. You, again, food food puns and stuff to digest politics mm-hmm. sometimes and yeah. one of the quotes that really got to me is she was actually cooking in the backyard of one of the chefs and he mm-hmm. said that it's so unfortunate that people are willing to accept his food yeah. but they are not as willing to accept him as a person and as his yeah. culture and that's just something so shocking because oh man does america love burritos yeah i, I love burritos right and so we absolutely love burritos but not everyone stands on the topic mm-hmm. of the border. And 
it's exactly. it's really hard to talk about again that's why she does it so well when she mm-hmm. brings food into it mm-hmm. and so i actually have a question for you rebecca yeah um when you get a burrito do you put mm-hmm. rice on it um i guess yeah yeah sometimes yeah. but in this episode they actually said that burritos normally don't have rice on them oh they were, oh. yeah and and that the floor uh tortilla was more of an america thing and the corn oh. uh, tortilla is for the tacos or more of a Mexican culture. Oh, I guess. Yeah, we've eaten at some authentic um, Hispanic restaurants, and they have corn tortillas. And those um, are really good. I, I have to oh, agree. Yeah. They're so good. They're different than flour tortillas, which yeah. I also do enjoy. Mm-hmm. But they are really good. So something yeah. to take away from just kind of like food media is that it can be very positive, extremely mm-hmm. positive. When a lot of times in media, it can be negative. So yeah. I think Netflix and Hulu, these streaming platforms are doing a really good uh, way of approaching different topics, mm-hmm. incorporating food. Yeah. Um, before we move on to the next like type of food media, I just wanted to throw this out there. In class, they definitely tell us one thing to analyze is the culture of the people right. when you are a registered dietitian, because you want to respect the people as they are, and also their culture. Um, Let's say like in El Paso, they eat a lot of like traditional Hispanic, Mexican, American type of meals. Right. And um, if they came to me, if I was like in charge of trying to like help things out or like incorporate more healthier meals for let's say like the children, I'm not going to go ahead and incorporate like cut all the tortillas, the chicken, the beans, you know, I'm not going to cut that out. I'm not, I'm not saying like that's, like I'm not stereotypicaling them um but they said that you need to take in the culture side and respect it because if you don't take that in then you can't really connect with those people so I just like wanted to throw that out there that like food is more than just food it could be culture it could be love it could be happiness it could be sadness it could be a lot more oh absolutely and just to kind of like, you know, get onto that conversation as well, Rebecca, you don't mm-hmm. just eat because you're hungry. There's a lot of different reasons yeah. why you eat. There's there's like an emotional satisfaction to it. There's mm-hmm. emotional nostalgia to it. I yeah. know that whenever I miss home, I'll go and go to Chick-fil-A because yeah. Chick-fil-A was actually started in Georgia, yeah. which in fact Chick-fil-A. is our hometown. So yes. there's a lot of different reasons just to eat. And I don't, if you take their culture out of nutrition, I believe mm-hmm. you're doing such an injustice to the individual. Yeah. And that's right. something that no one actually talks about in mm-hmm. diet culture. And in mm-hmm. fact, I don't think, I think Rebecca, we just made a breakthrough right now. It's something oh. that I don't know if we've ever talked about, about that. But you're right. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, you're right. Because like, like dieting. Uh, you think of meal prepping. Yeah. And, and what do you think of? Kale. Bro, kale. Chicken. Rice. Broccoli. Broccoli. Yeah. But, like, where's the culture in it? Like, exactly. Where's the spice? Exactly. Where's the happiness? Where's exactly. the fun? Like, yeah. Like, why does bettering yourself or, you know, why does it have to not be fun and enjoyable? Is I That's why I think, Rebecca, that we're on such a wonderful journey of our intuitive yeah. eating. There's I, so I much more happiness in your life. Mm-hmm. And I keep saying over and over and over, having a diet is just too easy. You have to have a full and company yep. lifestyle so that mm-hmm. you're happy and healthy. And that is something that I don't, I think is so underrepresented when it comes to different food 
platforms. Really is. It uh, really is. Especially yeah. diet culture. <laughs> before before we go into our last talk, I know. It's I okay. One more. Something out there. Yeah. Um, I just did it. Like speaking on this, like being happy with your food and yourself and bettering yeah. yourself. Um, I did the 30 day transformation. Right. Right. And I had so many comments saying, what challenge did you do? What diet did you do? I, I didn't do a diet. Exactly. I just did me. You know, right. I set these goals and they're achievable goals. And, and I, I, I loved it. I loved every single moment of it. There are some times where I did get some FOMO saying, <laughs> I wish I was out there like partying and drinking alcohol and like, you know, eating pizza, brownies, cookies, whatever. But no, like I, I had a goal and I honestly became more of a positive person in the end. And right. it showed, you know, I, I really yeah. enjoyed it too. So that's just the one thing I wanted to say. Cause like, a diet doesn't match other people's cultures or feelings no, or how they are. They no. don't. They don't know them personally. Exactly. You know, it is that so. you are so much more of a person than a yep. diet. But Rebecca, mm-hmm. I'm so intrigued by your 30 day challenge. Yeah. I truly am, and I think we should do another podcast on your 30 yeah. day adventure because I have so many questions, and they don't necessarily fit into our food media yeah. media episode. But yeah. How about this? How about if you guys want to hear more about Rebecca's 30-day mm-hmm. journey, go ahead and listen and like yeah. this podcast, and we will talk about it. Yeah. I have so many will. questions. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Okay. And so the last thing I'd like to talk about, about uh, food media, is mm-hmm. probably YouTube. And I think I consume the most amount of my personal food media on YouTube. It's just such a wide spectrum of things you can watch and what you can watch. So, Rebecca, do you mm-hmm. also watch uh, food channels, food channels, I guess, on YouTube? Is that the correct term? Um, yeah, I think I keep more of my media on YouTube. I just like Food Network because of production. But, right. no, I definitely watch more on YouTube. I think YouTube's my main source of entertainment. Oh, yeah, I definitely think it's mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the different channels that I would like to uh, talk about on YouTube, and they're vastly different, um, are channels kind of like Bon Appetit which are a little Mm -hmm. bit higher production uh, value to them. And I really like when Claire recreates the different uh, foods, like the Butterfinger one, I think she cried over, which is very, very funny. But she did have a great Butterfinger uh, dupe at the end. I think it was healthier. She also did Talkies. Yeah, she she did did Talkies. Yeah, we love Talkies. Yeah, Um, we do. (laughs) Also, uh, fun comedy sort of like uh, channels. And so there's one called uh, Mythical Ch- Kitchen. Yeah. And they're the one that have the podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, which actually inspired us to make a podcast uh-huh. as well. Um, and it's just so fun. And they do anything from crazy, how to make a $500 Whopper, all the way down to how to f- cook food good, where you cook yeah. food basics like chicken and, and how to scramble eggs. So a lot of different value. I personally really enjoy it because it's, comedy wrapped in with food which are two of my favorite things but I guess for more of our podcast channel let's go ahead and talk about fitness influencers and how they show healthy meals or healthy meal alternatives so Mm -hmm. have you watched any of your fitness influencers cook and show healthy meals um I have I have I've watched a couple of them I really like Sarah's day because she says that she just eats when she wants to eat and she does Mm -hmm. also intuitive eating but I've also seen a lot of people like meal prepping, doing glorified right. 10,000 calorie challenges. Uh, yes. Let's yeah. go ahead and talk about that, Rebecca. I know we have it mm-hmm. in our notes, but I want to bold it and highlight it. So yep. about two years ago, they yep. had the 10,000 calorie challenges and it was mm-hmm. really popular for fitness influencers. So very yep. cut, very lean people. 
to do this challenge and a lot of them struggled with it some finished it later on it spawned different things like all organic or all whole food or all veggies but the main core of it was these really fit people sitting down and eating 10,000 calories of extremely unnutritious foods so Mm -hmm. what were your views on that Rebecca okay well I mean, like, I've seen this all over the place. Mm-hmm. Just because you are you have abs doesn't mean right. you're the most healthiest or, right. you know, right. because, like, in order for a woman to have abs, you got to be around, like, what, 17 to 20 you got to be a pounds? much lower body fat than... Yeah, um, right. and body fat has to deal with women's hormones and their bones right. and, like, right. all of that. We have an upcoming podcast talking about, like, women's hormones, but yeah. I, I don't want to get into in-depth, but... But applying that, you know, idiom, you know, it's just like, just because you have abs and you're cut and you're lean doesn't mean you're also like the healthiest. And so people see that like, oh my God, like 10,000 calorie challenge. It's not a glorified eating disorder because look, they're healthy. Exactly. And the thing is, Rebecca, when I first watched it, very first Mm -hmm. thought, I was like, no way this can be healthy. Like, absolutely not. This is weird. But it we yes. it normalized so much because everyone did it. Good. It was like, woohoo, yep. someone else is doing it. Should I do it? Oh, Should yeah. I have these eating habits? But actually, if you're looking at it yep. from someone who's not into the culture so much and oversaturated with it, it's mm-hmm. actually showing binge eating, so or yep. disordered eating. Yep. And and that's really absolutely is. insane. And people are very pro about it and the comments yeah. say like oh I'm watching this while eating a diet on a diet or on a cut yeah and I w- can't wait to have so much food it's just sometimes food media can mm-hmm. and we said this a little bit in the Instagram kind of portion as well yeah. it can be extremely misleading to have unhealthy habits and I it's agree. that I don't even know the uh, owners of the channel actually know they're promoting that Exactly. But I, but okay, so a lot of them say that they are carb reloading, right? Which I, I, I think I do believe in carb reloading. If you are a person who has specific goals, you know, as in you can either carb reload, especially like when you're losing some weight, and also gaining some weight as in muscles, because, you know, carb reloading just means that you have a metabolism. And you're one, if you keep like deducting your calories, deducting your calories, your body is going to be like, hold up. It's going to get used to it. It's going to think that you're starving. Right. And then it's going to hold the calories that you are eating and it's going to hold it for fat because it thinks that you're starving. Um, and if you do like have a little bit of carb reloading, um, under moderation, you know, it just like tells your body like, okay, here's glucose. You can use glucose instead of using my fatty acids or my fats that are stored up. It just like gives you a little boost to your immune system. Um, but I don't, I think that's a little different than the 10,000 calorie challenge. Um, I, I oh, think yes. that's totally different. I think so, so too. And a lot yeah. of people do mention that. Um, yeah. And we know that one of our favorite YouTubers have said this before that it would help her with her hungry tendencies. But I mean, there's so many things about eating and diet and eating styles that I believe that we should not encourage things like 10,000 calorie challenges. We also shouldn't encourage eating under 1,000 calorie challenges. Oh, yeah. We should encourage uh, a more intuitive eating patterns, having nutrition patterns, and mm-hmm. if I were to fix the culture, I would hope there'd be a whole bunch more healthy, holistic, 
registered mm-hmm. dietitians on yes. YouTube to help us figure out what we want to eat. Um, and to see a little bit more development, though, I still yeah. also really do enjoy watching food media on YouTube. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, yeah. And one, like, like I said before, like me and how me and Sam stressed before that if you have any questions about your body or your health, please go see a registered professional because they know you for you. They personally know you. These people on like YouTube or like Instagram or like whatever, like they, they just know what they're doing. It's not personalized for you. So like, you don't know if you're benefiting or really detrimenting yourself. So like these registered dietitians, they know you. Right. Mm -hmm. And you get to build a relationship with them as well. I agree. All right, so (laughs) I was so excited to talk about this podcast today because it's one of my favorite things in the whole entire world, and it is food. So we Mm -hmm. talked about basically what food media is and the different type of platforms between Instagram, Food Network, Netflix, Hulu, YouTube channels that are out there and how like sometimes the more aesthetics is preferred when a healthier nutritionist should be better. We talked about how people are food and how food is culture and how you need to take into account the whole entire person when looking at Mm -hmm. their diet and changing their habits. And also some just goofy, funny things like a $500 Whopper. Alrighty, guys, it's been a pleasure to talk with you today. And thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Better with Becky and Sammy, where things are just a little bit better with Becky and Sammy. Please do consider subscribing to us on any of your listening platforms. And also go ahead and check out Becky Our Fit, Becca's YouTube channel. Oh, wait, Rebecca, is there something you need to remind the audience? Yeah, don't forget to eat your rainbow. (laughs) All right, see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.